Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Pacers Pod. Thanks for taking a little time and uh, checking this out. I'm excited to talk about the Pacers and um, share my thoughts, I suppose, with the Pacers. Uh, for whatever reason, I was having a horrible time starting this this episode. I, I uh, My nerves are getting the best of me or something. So I apologize if I sound nervous. I'm learning and trying to get more comfortable on the mic, you know, dropping the mic. Um, and I'm not that funny either. So this is the second episode of the podcast, the Pacers pod. And it's still pre it's still actually before preseason. The Pacers first preseason game is two days away. Um, I'm recording this on a Tuesday and they play the Houston Rockets on Thursday. So I wanted to get this podcast in before the, the first preseason game uh, because, man, there's been a lot going on. I'm just, I'm just teasing. But I've been watching more Pacers footage than I believe I've ever had um, in the last week since I recorded the first episode. So since I spoke last, um, we had Media Day, uh, which I've never really paid much attention to Media Day. But uh, this year, uh, because of the podcast, I watched basically all the players' interviews from the from Media Day, and I listened to uh, Nate McMillan. Actually, I don't think I, he had about a 20-minute interview. I think I only caught like 10 of that, but regardless. Um, so we had Media Day, and I took down some notes, some things that I thought were interesting, some thoughts that I had, and so I just wanted to share that with you guys. So... Um, Tonight, what I'm thinking about talking about is uh, I want to talk about the coach, who's Nate McMillan. I didn't know much about Nate. Um, really didn't even know what his voice sounded like until um, this past week. And he's an interesting guy. I think I have a new respect for Nate. I didn't realize that th that this was true. But actually, last year, he ended up finishing sixth in Coach of the Year um, votes. I'm not sure who votes on that. I would, I don't know if it's the coaches or if it's the media that gets to vote on that. But a uh, sixth place, sixth place finish in Coach of the Year uh, is pretty good. Obviously, the Pacers, you know, they had a, a heck of a season, blowing past all expectations by any reasonable people. And so, you know, obviously, most most of the credit I think goes to Victor Oladipo. But um, Nate McMillan definitely, you know, he was the coach, so he gets some credit too. Um, so listening to Nate McMillan uh, during the media day interviews, you know, one of the things that I realized that I did not know about him was he's definitely kind of a grit and grind type coach where he, he definitely respects the game. He wants people to work hard. He needs, he needs, he was talking about his pet peeves and, uh, he said that his pet peeves were, uh, when, when guys are not on time. And whenever they act like they don't really care, basically, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but in, in essence, you know, he's a coach that he wants the players to be fully committed and he wants, he needs the guys to be um, kind of locked in. And, and that actually fits pretty perfectly with, with the makeup of the Pacers um, as they're led by Oladipo that, that fits Oladipo's motto. motto um, I would say someone who's, you know, all, all Victor all Victor ever talks about really in his interviews is like, well, just, it's just one more day. Uh, today we're just, you know, I got to get better. And tomorrow's another opportunity to get better. Like he says the same thing over and over. Um, but 
after listening to, to uh, Nate McMillan talk, it sounds like they probably preach the same thing in the locker room to, to, to the team. Um, but so I just want to spend a little bit of time, you know, share with you a little bit about Nate McMillan. Um, he was a former player. He played, he actually was drafted into the league in 1986, the year I was born, Ava Nate. And he was drafted by the Seattle Supersonics, who he ended up finishing his career with. So he actually played 12 seasons in the league. So up until 1998, which I believe would have been the year that um, the Seattle Supersonics made it to the NBA finals or they had Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. That might have been the last year for Nate McMillan, uh, where they ran up against Jordan and the Bulls. And uh, obviously, Jordan and the Bulls won. Um, but I didn't know much about Nate as a player. So I, I got on basketball reference and checked out some of his stats. And surprisingly, he um, uh, he played point guard, which I didn't know because I knew he was a big guy. So Nate McMillan's actually 6'5". Uh, he played point guard in the NBA. He finished in the top 10 in assists for three seasons. He led the league in steals uh, one year. He finished on two all-NBA defenses. So I talked about that on um, the first episode of the podcast about Victor Oladipo and how he made it onto the uh, NBA all-defensive team. Well, Nate McMillan made it. Well, so Oladipo made it first team. Nate McMillan made it to the second team. Uh, twice. So he didn't really score the ball that much, Nate McMillan, but he was a, you know, kind of fits his personality. He was a grit and grind type player, focused on defense, uh, distributed the ball to his teammates, and, um, you know, had a nice long career with the Seattle Supersonics. So he would have retired or didn't get signed. I don't know how his career ended um, in 98. And then he got right into coaching, actually, for the Seattle Supersonics in 2000. So he only was out of the league for, you know, a year or two, uh, one or two seasons. And then he was right back in it. Uh, he coached Seattle. Uh, what I put here? Well, yeah, so he's been coaching since 2000. So you do the math on that 18 seasons. And he was with Seattle, Portland, and this is going to be his third season with the Pacers. Uh, this year, he finished with what well, I, I mentioned earlier that he was sixth in the um, coaching uh, top coach of the year. Um, and the Pacers signed him, signed him to, uh, an extension. So they're locked into the Pacer. They're locked into Nate McMillan as the coach of the Pacers, which to me is a good thing. I think Oladipo likes him. I think the team responds well to Nate. And, you know, I, I would, I used to bitch about coaching, uh, when I would watch IU and Tom Crean sometimes, I, my main thing is substitutions. I feel like I have, and, and you know, obviously for the, for a joker like me to complain about coaching, these guys know more about basketball than I'll ever know. Um, it's kind of silly, but I, last year, I don't remember necessarily being like crazy upset with uh, the coaching from, from Nate McMillan. So, you know, I, I think he's probably a pretty good fit. And obviously the, the management for the Pacers like him and, um, we're on a good trajectory. So, you know, sign him to a multi-year deal. So he's the coach for the future. Um, let's see, what else did I put about? Oh, one of the things I found interesting during the press conference on media day with uh, Nate McMillan was they were talking, they, some, some reporter asked him if the, you know, what he, what he thought about 
playing big this year because one of the questions going into the season or throughout the season that's going to happen that's going to come up is you know how do how do Miles Turner and, and Demontis Sabonis play together? Um, do or actually you know do they play together or are do they you know is one in at all times? And Nate McMillan made it sound like they were going to be playing together. And he brought up the point that since LeBron James is no longer in the Eastern Conference, that really the East might be shifting towards a lot of big men. And and I hadn't really thought about that because most of the NBA, um, without question, is all the talk is about going small. Uh, so that would be like playing LeBron, uh, who would typically play like the small forward position, playing him at the four or and having like a stretch five and kind of getting away from the traditional big men. And it sounds like the plan is for the Pacers to, you know, to trot out a couple big guys. And if really, if you think about it in the East, um, Philly, they've got a traditional big man with Joel Embiid, uh, Toronto, they've got Valanciunas and, and Ibaka. Um, so the Pacers having big men might actually end up being a good thing for the Eastern conference. Um, but we'll see. I thought, I just thought that was kind of interesting now that LeBron's gone, you know, it, allows teams to maybe play towards their strengths a little bit more. Um, another thing that I, that was interesting to me was uh, McMillan. He said in that media day interview that, you know, the, the, the starting lineup was going to be the same as last year, um, which, you know, I get saying that right now it's the beginning of the season. Um, make the new guys prove themselves. I think a lot of people are probably, uh, well, I'll be interested to see how Tyreek Evans does. And, you know, I, I, I've heard, I've, I listened to some other podcasts and they've talked about, you know, a starting lineup with Corey Joseph, Oladipo, Tyreek Evans, um, Thad Young and Miles Turner. And, you know, to me on paper, that sounds pretty good, but regardless, um, Nate McMillan said, at least to start the season with, the starting lineup is going to be the same. So that's going to be Ola, uh, Turner, Thad Young, Bogdanovich, Oladipo, and Darren Collison. So the st- same starting lineup we had last year. Uh, he did say he sees the team having a nine-man rotation, which I think it, we really could have up to 11. I mean, nine gives you Turner, Young, Bojan, Vic. Uh, Darren Collison, Sabonis, Tyreek, Corey Joseph, and then either McDermott or or Kyle O'Quinn. That would make nine. Uh, I can't see how McQuinn or, I mean, sorry, not McQuinn, O'Quinn and McDermott, how both of them don't actually get any playing time. So to me, if you play both of those guys, that already puts you at 10. And then, you know, the player I mentioned earlier on the podcast, Aaron Holiday, well, unless it was one of those podcasts that I restarted. I don't remember if I talked about that one on this on this episode or not. Uh, but Aaron Holiday is, I don't, you know what, now that I think about it, I would, that was on the one that I pre- that I deleted. So Aaron Holiday, um, he, he's shown really, I mean, based off of interviews after like the uh, training camps and stuff, he's looking really strong. He's somebody that I'd like to see get some minutes this year. So, you know, potentially 11 uh, but I understand for the rotation purposes, once you get into the playoffs and stuff, McMillan sees it as nine uh, at this point in the season. Uh, so anyways, I, I didn't love that. You know, I didn't really talk about, um, I didn't know much about Nate McMillan. So I just kind of did some research on him and, and threw some stuff down on paper. 
And I don't feel like I delivered that very well. It was kind of uh, felt a little rehearsed. So I apologize for that. I'll get better. Um, but anyways, moving on, I did, I have some, basically I'm just going off of some notes, but one of the things that was really cool that I didn't talk about in the first episode is this summer in August, actually, uh, Oladipo had the whole Pacers team, everybody except for Bojan Bogdanovic. He, he invited them for a week to go to Miami and train and kind of bond. And everybody on the team went besides Bojan. And the reason that Bojan didn't go was that he was playing for his home country or he, he had some sort of um, international basketball practice he was working on. So he wasn't available. But the fact that everybody else on the team showed up uh, is really pretty cool. And that was something that got brought up a lot during the media day uh, conversations. A lot of the reporters would ask the players about, you know, the team chemistry and uh, where they where they felt like this, the, um, like how the, how the new guys were going to adjust to being on this team and how the, the returning players would be able to adjust to the new guys. And one of the things that just kept coming up was this trip to Miami and how uh, I think all the players really appreciated the fact that Oladipo put this thing on and, and he led, uh, kind of led the charge and got everybody together. This was, this was not something that the coaches did. They weren't even there. This was just Oladipo, you know, wanting to win and wanting to get the guys acquainted with each other, wanting to be on the same page. And it just, you know, it's awesome because that's what, that's one thing the Pacers had last year. They had such good chemistry and it's awesome to see that they're getting it now too. And Oladipo recognized we've got three new guys coming in, three new rotational guys coming in and you know, you got to get them acquainted with the rest of the team and make sure that we don't lose a beat. And so uh, I mentioned this in the first episode of the, of the Pacers pod, but two of the guys coming in, McQuinn and, um, or I keep calling him McQuinn, O'Quinn, Kyle O'Quinn and McDermott. They, uh, they both played for, played with Oladipo as teammates in the past. So, uh, you know, he, he knew them and I think the chemistry could even be better than it was last year. Um, so I was listening to all these interviews and I was like, man, the Pacers are going to be so good. Like, you know, they're all saying the right things. They're all excited. They're all talking about how much they like kind of love their teammates and they're excited for the season to start. And I had this little voice in my head that said, like, you're getting way too excited about this, man. Like, it's probably like that for every team. Like, it's, nobody's even played a game yet. Of course, everybody's excited and everybody's optimistic. And so I was like, you know what I should do? I should probably do a little little due diligence and, and check out the rest of the league. See, you know, check out on NBA.com, see what what other what other players are saying and what other teams are feeling. And uh, so I checked out the Warriors and I was like, damn, yeah, they, I mean, if you're a Warriors fan, you got to be excited. You know, they had they added Boogie Cousins to an already stacked team. Literally, you've got a starting lineup of All-Stars. Uh, so if you're a Warriors fan and you're viewing Media Day the way that I was viewing it as a Pacers fan, you're probably a little bit more excited than me. Um, so I was like, shoot, you know, uh, it's not all that great for the Pacers. So then I went to the Eastern Conference, checked out the Boston Celtics. Same thing. Boston's fired up, man. They've got Gordon Hayward coming back. So I was listening listening to some interviews with him and, and Kyrie Irving, both of those guys who missed uh, the end of last, well, Gordon missed all of, all of last year. And then Kyrie missed, you know, the last part of the season and all the playoffs. And so 
uh, Boston is super optimistic and uh, the, their media day was, was uh, you know, super happy and super upbeat and kind of scary as a Pacers fan. I'm like, shit, you know, those guys are going to blow the socks off of us. And I still believe that. Um, so I'm like, well, you know, maybe every team is, is uh, you know, feeling really good right now. And so then I was like, well, who else is it? Who else should I check out? So I checked out the Toronto Raptors who are, they're a team that um, everybody has picked to finish above the Pacers in the Eastern conference. And that's where I found a difference. So I was listening to, uh, so Toronto made big news this year by trading away DeMar DeRozan, who's been a cornerstone for their franchise, uh, you know, for at least the last five, six years. Um, it's been DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry have kind of been this dynamic dynamic duo in the backcourt. Um, Toronto traded DeMar DeRozan to the San Antonio Spurs for Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi Leonard is arguably a top five player in the league. Um, he's coming off of injury, but he was not happy last year in San Antonio. It was kind of dramatic. And um, so anyways, I, I was listening to Kawhi Leonard talk and uh, so he, they were at media day. He's in his Jersey, the same way that the Pacers were. And he hadn't even had a conversation with Kyle Lowry yet. And, uh, that's the, you know, the second best player on the team. And I was just thinking, ah, there we go. There is a difference. There is a difference in chemistry. So the Pacers already have established chemistry going into training camp where the Raptors do not have the chemistry. So advantage Pacers. And I'm like, yes. So maybe, you know, maybe we're onto something. I didn't spend much more time checking out any other teams, but I would think that it's probably more like that. Like, I think it's pretty rare that teams get together. And from all the things I've heard, this Miami trip is kind of like a, I don't know what do you call it, like a, uh, just a rare occasion. This isn't something that normally happens, that players, you know, volunteer their times, their, their precious time in August when they're, they don't have to, you know, be accountable to anybody. And, and they go and they, they work out together for a whole week. So I thought it was cool. Um, you know, nothing more than that. But anyways, um, that was the trip to Miami. Thank you, Ola Depot, for being a great leader. Um, another thing that I, was, that I noticed during uh, the media day was some of the things that the, like the players said that they worked on their games for themselves. A couple of these things are super exciting. Um, First off, Bojan Bogdanovic, he was asked about, you know, Tyreek Evans and, um, you know, what what Bojan worked on during the offseason. And uh, Bojan, he's one of, he's our, well, you know, like according to Nate McMillan, he's our starting small forward at this point. Uh, he's not very good on defense. He's just basically a knockdown three-point shooter. He's a big dude, uh, passes the ball decent. Uh, just, he improved last year on defense, but um he still, that would be his weakness. So Bo, what Bojan said, which I really loved was he said, you know, he worked on defense. That's it. Uh, because he doesn't need to score the ball this, as much this year with the addition of Tyreek Evans. And so that just shows kind of a level of sack, like a level of sacrifice that he's willing to uh, buy into the team to go right along with that for Bogdanovich, Darren Carlson. He said, you know, the only thing that he's focused on improving is the team wins. Um, you know, it's obviously kind of, it can be like a fluff answer. There's no real drama yet, but they're saying the right things now. And it's like, they're not looking, these are guys like Collison, Bogdanovich. We don't want those guys scoring 15, 16, 17. We don't want them going out there trying to get 20 points a game. We want them to be, we want them to do everything else 
and just be efficient um, on the offensive end. And just those with, with the comments that I shared that those both that both of those guys said, uh, at least seems like they're on that page. Like uh, Bogdanovich isn't necessarily looking like it would it would have sucked. I think if Bogdanovich would have said, you know, I've been working on my step back three pointer. I'm, I'm about to unleash that on the league and I'm trying to get my scoring up to like, you know, 16 points a game. I'd have been like, no, we don't need scoring from you. We, we have uh, the strength of the Pacers is the fact that we have eight, nine guys that can score over 10 points. And you got Oladipo and Turner that, you know, Oladipo, hopefully he gets up to like 25 Turner, hopefully gets above 15. And then the rest of the guys, it's just like, yo, like hit the open shots, give me 10 points and just play super good defense, smart basketball play as a team. Like that's what the Pacers have over um, potentially, potentially um, everybody in the league. I mean, that's the goal. They're like the only way the Pacers can win is if they play the best team game, they're not going to win based off of talent. So hearing guys like Bogdanovich and Collison talk about sacrificing their personal um, stats for the betterment of the team is perfect. And especially, especially Bogdanovich, recognizing the fact that he's not, you know, we've got Tyreek Evans now and Tyreek's going to come in and Tyreek's going to score the ball. He scored 20 points a game last year and in Memphis. So I just love the fact that Bogdanovich was focused on defense and not focused on scoring the ball, which is his best, his best asset to the team is his shooting ability. Um, so anyways, enough about that. So uh, what else we got here? You got Sabonis. He was, uh, his focus was extending his range, which is great. Uh, you know, if he could knock down the three-pointer more consistently, that's going to really uh, be a benefit. And also, he's been working on his body. Uh, and pretty much the same thing with Miles Turner. Turner's been focused on his diet, yoga, and also his body. Uh, Turner seems to be, according to all the talk, and, you know, he seems super focused. Oladipo's raving about him. Turner wants to be an all-star this year. And for that reason, I'm going to have to pick him up in my fantasy league. You know, like I think Turner can be an all-star. He had a kind of a disappointing year last year. I think a lot of people anticipated him and he anticipated it for himself, you know, having a, a bigger jump on his, uh, so this will be his fourth season. So last year, you know, he was expecting to make a big, a, a pretty big leap. And he just, he kind of took a step backwards, not a big one, but just kind of plateaued. So he's due. And I think, you know, he obviously looks a lot more fit. He's talking about how strong he feels. And um, that's good. I mean, if we can get some, if we, we need Miles Turner. Like, there's no way, there's no way the Pacers can um, compete for the Eastern Conference Championship without a much improved Miles Turner. He has to become one of those guys in the league that you see on, like, um, you know, like when you're watching, like when a game's about to start and they show you, like right now it's like you have Oladipo and that's about it for the Pacers. Like someone that every, like casual fans recognize, they need to know, they need to know Miles Turner. I think that's what we need from him. And he's, he's, and, and he would get that if he became an all-star. So uh, I think that's, that's where we want to see Turner. And uh, other thing I, you know, noted was uh, Kylo Quinn. He is, the one thing that jumped up jumped out to me was how personable Kyle O'Quinn was. He was just like immediately cutting it up with the reporters and he had teammates coming up to him like while he was doing his interview and kind of like messing around. Like I, one of the things I'd be interested to see 
that throughout the season was uh, him and Corey Joseph seemed to be. They I, I forget what the moment was, but I wrote it down and I was like Corey Joseph and um, Kylo Quinn's friendship question mark like what what's going on with this? Uh, they seem to be like best pals and and uh, a lot of the one of the consistent themes throughout the interviews is like the addition of Kyle Quinn is has been great for the locker room. He's like a super good teammate. Uh, but one of the things that he said he was working on was he lost some weight and he needs, he's wanting to get quicker so he can, um, you know, help out on those defensive switches, which is very important because, um, well, I don't need to say why, because I don't really know that much. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was basically it as far as uh, some of the improvements that the players said that they made to their games, at least the ones that I thought were noteworthy. Um, just going off of this, we've got some other, oh some other notes that I put down here. Uh, Miles Turner, which I mentioned, you know, hopefully being an All Star, he signed a multi year uh, shoe contract with Nike. I was really looking to see if I could find how much money it was worth. I couldn't find it anywhere, uh, but good for Miles. He's got a Nike deal. I don't know if that guarantees you like uh, your own signature shoe or if that just means Nike's going to pay you to always wear Nike shoes during games. Um, something I'd be interested to find out more about. Uh, so congrats, Michael, Miles Turner. Um, I did see that they're painting a mural of Reggie Miller in Indianapolis. I think it's out by the, by Conseco. I didn't, or not, I always call it Conseco, by Bankers Life Fieldhouse. I, I didn't see it this weekend. I was actually in Indianapolis on Sunday because I was going to go to Fan Jam, which uh, Fan Jam is another thing I was going to talk about. It's basically like a scrimmage slash um, dunk, like kind of like a exhibition. It's for the fans. They, they had the, all the rookies and the, they actually had an athletic trainer come out too, but like basically new people to the team, they come out in like, uh, like costumes and they have to sing a song. Kind of embarrassing, kind of painful to watch. Uh, but Alizé Johnson he killed it. He actually ended up winning. He came out as Dr. Seuss. And I think he was singing like a Taylor Swift song or something. But he actually bought into it. And he did a pretty good job. Another part of Fan Jam that was cool was they had a scrimmage. And so I was watching this. Oh, let me back up real quick. So I went. So my wife and I were down in Indianapolis this weekend uh, to meet up with some friends. And we were planning to stick around until su Sunday afternoon because we were going to go to the Fan Jam. Uh, we saw online that it was, you know, Sunday afternoon. We were going to be in Indianapolis anyways. So I thought, man, perfect. Like, it'd be awesome to get into Banker's Life Fieldhouse, uh, see the guys up, up close and personal and, uh, you know, get to see kind of like how they interact with each other. Well, it turns out, even though it was free, you had to buy a ticket and the tickets sold out. And so we ended up not sticking around on Sunday or we left, basically just took off early Sunday morning uh, and didn't stick around, but we did watch it here at home. And uh, they had a three point contest that Oladipo ended up winning. He beat out uh, Bogdanovich and Tyreek Evans and Aaron Holiday. Um, and then they had a scrimmage, which was cool. Not, they were obviously, they weren't playing super hard, but, they were, it, you know, um, the, the, the three-pointers were falling, which was good. So it's like, 
one of the guys that really stood out to me was Aaron Holiday. He was just nailing those threes, man. And then he was also nailing them during the three-point contest. But uh, you can't take too much from that. But it was just good to see the guys going up and up and down. And it got me pretty excited for the season to start. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about before I wrapped it up tonight um, was one of my bucket list things. So, you know, I'm a huge NBA fan. I've all, one of my goals, one of my bucket list items was to uh, end up sitting courtside for an NBA game. Like, to me, that would just be insane. Like, because these guys, like, I remember I went to a small, small high school and we, I, uh, I think the best player I ever saw live ended up going to a division one school, but it wasn't even a big a power conference. I think he went to like Fort Fordham or something. And he was, he played center, but he was like six, seven. And granted, I went to a small school. So like, I didn't, we didn't, I didn't see like great competition or, or great talent, but this guy was, I remember watching him. And it was just insane. I mean, he dwarfed the competition. He was six foot seven. Uh, he could dunk. He actually dunked a couple times during the game. It was just crazy. And it was just awesome, like, seeing somebody that talented, that big, that fast, uh, up close and personal. And I just, I just, you know, think, like, man, how cool would that be to see uh, to see these NBA guys who six seven is just average. You know, these guys get up to be seven foot, seven two. Porzingis at seven three. Uh, you know, just these freak athletes and to, to be able to sit courtside and, and see that the, the pace that they play with and like the, uh, the intensity of the cuts and the, the physicality of like the screens and the, the box outs and uh, like being able to hear the chatter on the court, like all that stuff is, it would just be so awesome. I've been to a few NBA games, less than five. And um, I don't think I've even, I don't think I've ever sat in the lower section. I think I've always had to climb stairs before I got to my seat. Um, that's just cause they're expensive, you know, but, but, uh, anyways, uh, my wife and I were looking up tickets, you know, to, to see what we can do. So, uh, we're not able to swing the courtside seats yet, which is my, still on my bucket list, but we got pretty damn close and, uh, we have to see the Sacramento Kings who are possibly going to be the worst team in the league. But we were able to swing it where we have two tickets, ninth row, uh, center court. And it's against the Kings, um, which, you know, not too excited to see the Kings play. But still, it should be a Pacers win. And we're going to be nine rows up, which is going to be sweet. I'm pumped about that. I would definitely, definitely be sharing my experience with at, at that game. Uh, and that's coming up in December. So, uh, we'll be well, well, well into the season then, and uh, we'll hopefully, you know, still be doing this podcast. Um, so yeah, anyways, just wanted to share that. That's bucket list item. Getting close. I'm eight rows away from the bucket list. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like I mentioned, the next thing, uh, well, we're two days away from preseason, so that's going to be Thursday, October 4th. The Pacers are playing the Rockets, and uh, we've got a couple preseason games coming up. I'll probably hop back on here uh, middle of next week or so and just kind of talk about what I'm seeing and um, trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to share. Um, I eventually do want to talk, you know, about things outside of the Pacers maybe. Um, but at this point, I think I'm good with just sticking, sticking to the Pacers. So uh, appreciate you guys for listening and 
I will be back later. Thank you.